five wins in a row. I'll take it. For your Green Bay Packers. I mean, if they're ugly, I think five wins in a row. A win's a win. Exactly. Right? I mean, considering what they've gone through to start this season, when we first saw that schedule drop, I don't think we thought we'd be five and one at this point. Nope. So we'll take that. But to also be five and one, considering what we've gone through with the injuries and and everything that's going on with that with the roster, I this five win this this little this little five wins in a row is pretty impressive, wouldn't you say? I would agree with that. And it's not just that it's impressive that they're five and one; it's how they've done it. They they came out flat against uh, the Lions, came back and won. Came out flat against the Bears, came back and won. They're not doing it pretty, but they're finding ways to win. And we kind of talked about this in the chat the other day that teams that are good find ways to win the ugly games. And that's yep. what Green Bay's doing right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think that that's that I think that's a perfect way to summarize how this season has gone, where it hasn't looked it hasn't like last year we got a lot of blowouts and the offense was flying around and everything was seen perfect. But they sometimes they found ways to to lose games. Uh, like the Tampa Bay game in a championship game. Uh, but in this case, we're winning games that we think we ought to lose. Like that Cincy game is a great example of that. Where, yeah, sure, they missed field goals too, but we missed three on their home field, and somehow we found a way to win. So I, I agree with Brett's statement 100%. I think one thing I've always gauged how good a team is is how many close games they either win or they lose in – Let's look at the Packers games this year. There's been a lot where they've had an opportunity to lose those games, but they found ways to win. And so at the end of the year, you have to look at those close wins. And obviously, the more you have in the W column, the better chance you have a higher seed in the playoffs. And it builds character in your team, too. That shows you know how to win close games under pressure. So that's what I'm putting my feather in my cap for this week. I mean, it's five and one. It hasn't been pretty, but they're winning and they've won five straight, so we can't be mad about that. Let's just hope they clean up a few things as we get into this gauntlet, as Brett would call it, the next few, well, five, six weeks. It's going to be rough, so going to need our best showing on all facets of the game. Guys, when you look at these five wins, you know, obviously they it, they haven't been pretty, Brett. I agree with you. Uh, and there have been the injuries. What would you say, though, are the keys to this Packers turnaround since that week one clunker against the Saints? I mean, I can't really put my finger on what has changed, honestly. Defense is still giving up big plays. Uh, can't stop anything in the red zone at all. Uh, 15 of 15 on touchdowns. Offense uh, seems to come out firing and sputters a bit. Against the Bears, they sputtered, scored after the inter- uh, the interception, and then they seem to be inconsistent the rest of the game. We have weathered the storm of injuries, but we haven't played uh, any real tough teams. Uh, the gauntlet is coming, like Zach said. It's coming, but that'll be the real tell if the Packers have really turned it around or not. I mean, for me, you have to look at the offensive line. I mean, once we saw, we knew Bach was out for the first six weeks at least, but once we saw Jenkins go down and then Myers has been in and out, any other team would have been decimated by now and and the depth in our offensive line has proven to be our strength of the team so far which has also helped get both of our running backs going quite a bit and get involved in the game so for me it's it's that offensive line and the coaching of that offensive line 
Adam Stevenich has done an awesome job. That dude's probably going to get a job somewhere as a head coach in the future. Hate to see him go. He's done such an amazing job. But we have to credit the the depth there and also the depth at uh, defensive back. I mean, we've had some big injuries to Jair. Looks like Savage is going to be out a little bit. Also, Kevin King can't stay healthy. And the guys we've brought in have just done a good job. So those two areas, the depth, I think we can look to depth so far. And that's why we're five and one. Yeah, I agree with a lot of those, the sentiment that you you brought out there, uh, Zach. But also, I think it also has to be a little bit change in philosophy. I think you're seeing this team change into a running team. And I think that's one of the things that we're, we're seeing more and more of is that we're seeing a, a more physical, more a more uh, power team. And we're trying to impose our will a little bit more with our offensive line and running game than we have in previous years. And even more than last year. Um, and I think that's a big part of why we're able to sustain some of these these things, despite that we have all these injuries, including MVS and, and uh, what we appear to have one really super good wide receiver in Tay and then a bunch of guys that are sometimes they'll step up like Cobb or maybe it'll be Lazard or maybe it will be someone else. But we don't really have that second wide receiver. So what we kind of we kind of did is that we lean more in our backs mostly in a running game, but also some in the passing game too. So I just like how we're becoming a little bit more of a run-centric offense. I think that's a big reason why we're 5-1. and one. And, of course, that's to Zach's point that the offensive line depth and the way they've played have made that running game possible. And we got to give a little shout-out to Campbell too because I think Campbell's exceeded everybody's expectations of what he's done um, for the first five you know, six weeks and week one was the only game that he was bad in and everybody was bad in that game, but he's been really, really pretty much good for most of the weeks. If you get a subpar game last week, a little bit, but wasn't like it was a bad game. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. You all nailed it. I, I definitely agree. Offensive line has been huge for him. I do wonder when Bach comes back, and we're able to get that, you know, get the premier left tackle in the game back over there. Maybe they move Elton back to his natural position. Maybe the play action and some of the passing stuff starts to open up a little more um, with Bach back there. I don't know if it, if if the offensive line, the way it's set up, but maybe they're just better run blockers, period, because we have become a low-volume pass offense with the league MVP from last year, which is kind of weird, but he's also – misfiring on a lot. He's dead last in the NFL for passes on target 20-plus yards down the field. Dead last. And that's kind of crazy to think about where Aaron Rodgers, he's usually very, very accurate with the football, but in the play-action game this year, he's just been off. And I know a lot of it was early in the year, especially missing a bunch of stuff to MVS, but he has to improve in a play action game and he has to improve with his accuracy on those balls down the field. If we want to see that offense take the note to really start to put up the points that I know that they can put up and to put up the points, guys, that they're going to have to put up during this gauntlet. And and for me, the other part of it is the defense. I mean, I, I know, Brett, you mentioned that the red zone, we stink in the red zone. Um, but if you look at the defense as a whole, considering all the guys that they're missing on that side of the ball, I mean, what will you guess we will be at in total team defense this year in 2021? Based on the 15 of 15 on touchdowns, bottom half. I know oh, the answer, so I'm going to stay quiet. Go ahead, Dex. <laughs> They're actually ranked number five in the NFL, Brett, in yep. total defense. Top yeah, I, five. I, I, I knew the answer, too, but looking at the stats, you wouldn't think that. 
You wouldn't. You wouldn't. And that's why I was blown away. But when you dig in and you look at it, they're only giving up 315 yards a game. Where and are they that, with scoring, though? And then scoring, they're right up there in scoring as well. They're not, they're not super far back in scoring. They're giving up in scoring. They are giving up 22.7 a game, and that puts them more middle of the pack. Well, well, guys, if you think of this, if you think of scoring, 13, of week so one, not too bad. 13 in scoring defense. Outside of week one, they, you know, week one, we gave up 38 points. But outside so that, of that, that's skewing, that's skewing the numbers a bit, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And after that, the worst output of points was 22 points against Cincinnati. The rest of the yeah. game has been under 22 points. So if you think about it. This bend don't break is actually it's happening, but they need to clean it up in the red zone. Period. And, I mean, and the run defense. And the run D is yeah. sporadic. It's been it, good some weeks, but so last just, week it, last week it was terrible. It was I mean, absolutely terrible last. So, week. if you take away the first game, that puts them at sixth in scoring. If you take away the first game with at nineteen point six points a game, see that's. The defense as a whole is playing actually really well. And I know we we jumped on Barry a little bit to start this year, but I mean, dude, what he's going through and the adjustments he's made to have this defense playing where they're playing. Now we haven't we haven't played any <laughs> any burners as far as like the like the world on fire offenses, right? So far. We haven't played a lot of that, and we're about to get a taste of that here over the, in this gauntlet. Man, I, I got to give the defense some props, man, that they actually are showing up. They're without Jair. They're without Z. They're without all these players off and on. It's been impressive. As frustrating as it's been, they've been impressive. Guys, <laughs> there's one thing that I think is probably going to live forever after that Chicago Bears beatdown. And what is and that, Dexter? That's the I still own you. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't see that going away anytime soon. All my fucking life. Yeah, I've owned you all my fucking life, and I still own you. I still own you. Rogers' comments to, today yeah. on that were on McAfee were really funny. Yeah, He's he doesn't like, regret it at all. No, he sh- and he shouldn't. It's and like Pat said, he said uh, that's going to go down as one of those instances in football, like T.O. signing the ball and a couple other big celebrations that people are going to remember forever. So he was like, no, I don't got to regret it. I don't, he goes, I don't remember exactly what I said until after the game. He's like, you fly the bird. You're going to get, you're going to get what's coming to you. He even commented on Olin Kruitz's comments about him punch, wanted to punch Rogers in the face. <laughs> you see he John Cohn, John Cohn uh, came at Olin Kruitz uh, on one, on a podcast earlier today as well. He's like, I know you salty. You should be. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So they're they're definitely pushing old Olin's buttons because he responded to to Coon and uh, it was just like oh uh, they're still owning you because you're they're not only do they own you they're living rent free in your head right now you know just think about that they're just thinking about this and they're so mad because they can't beat the guy and now they just want to try to beat him up that I mean that's just he just keeps winning he keeps winning. And Olin's not even playing anymore. He's still salty from his playing days. Oh, like, come he's on, like, man. <laughs> he's too salty. He's too salty. Is and it's probably the only bear that spoke up? I don't know, but it's a lot of salty cheers in Lake Michigan right now. You you know, like, uh, some bears are over there like, yeah, it's true. He owns us. It's true. 
There's nothing false I mean, about it. Twenty two and five. That's owned. That is yeah, owned. That is, owned. That is you. You barely owned. beat the dude. You've barely been able to beat him one time every three years. Mm. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Bad. And I'm Can not a good see? math guy. You see how I just did that? That's freaking awesome. Think about this, you guys. When Favre came into the league in 92 when he started as a starter, the Bears were up on the Packers in the overall series, like 15 or 20 games. Now, fast forward to now when Rodgers is quarterback, now they're like 15 or 20 games up in that series. That's a crazy stretch. Insane. They they straight up just flip the script on them. Boom. It's over with. Y'all done. We own Bears, we'll give you the 80s and we'll take the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s, bitches. Owned. Wow. <laughs> what rivalry? <laughs> what rivalry? What rivalry? Oh, no, real. On a scale of one to ten, how savage is that, guys? How savage is Aaron Rodgers screaming to the to the fans, I own you. I still own you. Oh, it's a ten for me. It's a ten for me. I just laugh at it. It's it's funny. I can't even put like a uh, how savage is. That's just funny as hell and in the moment. Shit, and I get what up, he's yeah. saying when he's like he blacks out. When we played, it was I only saw it was in front of me. For him to have like the the wherewithal to see the the double bird and be like, I fucking own you all my life. I still own you. That's, Although that's, there was birds crazy. everywhere though. When you see the pictures, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like it was so Dang. many people giving them the finger. Like, cause you can tell he's just been breaking their hearts for you know, <laughs> over and over and over. And they're just like, screw you, man. Wait, like w- seriously. Wasn't it against the bears where uh, he messed up his leg? He like he broke his leg, came out in the second half. Oh no, that was, that was the, it's my knee. And he was yeah, high as a kite. Man. He yes. was high as a kite. And he still beat you. Yeah, he mm. was high as a kite. He, and, and he hit Randall Cobb. <laughs> oh, that was so classic. That was so classic. That was oh, so Bears classic. Bears fans, it, it, it's got to suck to have a, a shitty team year in and year out. That shit is so iconic, though, guys. Like, I, I honestly believe people are going to be talking about this for a while. It's, got, it's 11. Fuck it. I'm breaking my own rules tonight. It's an 11 for me because it's just so savage, man. Like, he just – and then he brought the belt back out. Like, don't ever mock the belt, Robert Quinn. Don't ever mock the belt because you see what happened when you mock the belt. Soon as he mocked the belt, Roger started going crazy. 40 yards to take. Boom, 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 boom. And they just started just clicking. And you mock the belt, you get that and you get home. So, they're getting 11 for me on that one. Bruh, bruh snaps. I might need a, I might need a T-shirt. You know, you just you just said something. I'm I'm gonna go back to the the five and one we were talking about. But you just said something is he mocked the belt and Rogers snapped. That's one thing I didn't think about until just now. That Rogers is taking over games. Thirty seven seconds, no timeout. He went down mm, the field, mm, led them to win. He's mm. he's he's he looked out of sorts that first game. Like he didn't give a shit, and everyone's like, you don't even look like you want to be here. And now he's taking over games when it matters and when they're down and their backs are against the wall. Mm, I like that. That's a hell of an observation. That definitely looks like a guy that cares, right? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> and and guys, he, he wants to be an owner. And it's funny you brought this up because now I'm thinking about some of his comments he made too after they beat the Bears. And he was like, they asked him, do, do you think this will be your last time as a Packer at Soldier Field? He said, I don't think so. So what yeah. does that tell you guys? He wants to play. Yeah, he actually um, talked about that today as well. 
he said, you know, when, when you go out of the locker room and you walk onto the field, you want to get that feeling of, is this my last time? And he goes, as I was preparing a tiny ass locker room or soldier field, I'm crammed in the left corner. Like I always been for the last 17 years with Mason Crosby. And he said, when I came out of that tunnel to myself, I felt like this would not be the last time I'd be doing this. So he goes, and that's all I'm going to say. And I'll leave it at that. So, Hey, maybe there's hope. Maybe there's not. We got to figure out our contract or our salary cap, but doesn't sound like a guy who wants to leave right now. Mm-mm. I think, I'm, and like I said, we've been saying this too, winning cures all. And I think he's seeing the young pieces. Robert, you talked about the young pieces that are yep. in place. Obviously, there's going to be an exodus of veteran players this offseason. There's, yep. no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's going to be a bloodbath. But there's so many young players that they can build around on this roster, and Rodgers is seeing it, especially on that offensive line. <laughs> Yeah, the, and I, I big agree dog, with, big dog. Yep. Who yep. who's yeah. that? Who let the dogs out? Yeah, I'm gonna have to mute Robert until his dogs gets quiet. But hey, uh, his, his dog was like, "That's a great take, Dexter." That's yeah, yeah, he loved dog. that. He loved that. <laughs> loved that take. take. He loved that take. He loved that take. And now I don't know where the hell I was taking it. No, I I agree, Dex. I agree uh, that uh, that the I think Roger sees not only the young talent, but I think he sees the offense how it's gonna run with him not being the old Aaron Rodgers, if you know what I mean. So he sees, he, I think he sees the long view of this team. He may not be putting up the, the the gaudy numbers that he used to, but he has a team that can win, and he has a team that that he can play in and an offense that he likes to. Because I think the relationship of him and Lafer that being really good, I think it's really good. I think those two actually do really like one another. And so when he says, I don't want, I don't see myself playing for any other team. I actually believe him. I like it. I mean, I'll tell you this after what we went through with the MVP offseason drama and the draft drama. I mean, to hear that and to see just, he looks happy out there, you know, and to hear him talking like that definitely gives me hope. It definitely gives me hope. I don't, I mean, we talked about him and Tay kind of be joined, being joined at the hip. So we'll see what happens with Tay as well this offseason because something tells me if they aren't able to sign him, I don't know if Rogers stays. That That's something that, that we're going to have to watch, but I'm definitely holding off hope there. You know, yep. guys, we're five and one, you know, and still with many of our best players out, but the injuries are still piling up. It's like, the, in, the injury bug has really, really taken over Green Bay. The latest, Kevin King with a shoulder, Myers with a left knee, Savage went out with a concussion. We got Preston Smith dealing with an oblique. He's never missed a game in his NFL career, and he barely played against the Bears. And that should say something because we're playing some, you know, Jonathan Garvin. We're playing, <laughs> we're playing uh, Ladarius Hamilton, and I'm just oh. like, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who? who is who is this Darius guy? Who? Yeah, um, I, I got to look up the the jersey numbers. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, who is this dude? You know, and it's just like, arguably, guys, we have the league's toughest remaining schedule in the NFL. I mean, yep. when you look at it, do you really think they can survive going into this gauntlet with the current injuries and the risk of even more people potentially being hurt over these next six weeks? Having this late bye is really killing this team right now. 
Yeah, I think we team can. right now, but I, I think in the long run, as some of these guys that have been out for a little while are coming back and hopefully we're just getting through to the buy, I think that buy could end up being a good thing for us in the long run. Right now, it doesn't seem like it, but I really think that I'd rather ha- have the buy towards the end of the year than right away in the beginning of the year, just because injuries seem to pile up as the year goes on, as we found out. But, you know, you never know what those buy. So hopefully it works out for us. We get some guys back in the next few weeks and we can we can show the NFL that uh, the Packers are for real. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, there's really only one game or two games on the schedule that scare me and the, and the, and the gauntlet that I think pretty, I mean, they're all tough, but I think that the Arizona game scares me the most. I think that's the game that I kind of think we're going to get our first loss. The The other game that scares me a lot is the Rams. And because even though the Rams don't have the best record in the league, I still think they're the most complete team in the league. And they match up very well with the Packers. So those two teams are the only two teams that I'm, I'm actually really scared of. Kansas City, yeah, they could be really good, but they have no D. Seattle might have, have no quarterback. I mean, we they think Russ might be back then, but it, it could very well end up being Geno Smith. Minnesota is always a tough game. Uh, granted, I think we could beat Minnesota. I think we could beat Seattle with Geno Smith, no problem. And I think we could beat Kansas City with that defense that they have. It's just Arizona and the Rams are really, really tough games to win, and especially at Arizona. No, I, I kind of agree with the Arizona call, though, Robert, because it's four days after Washington. Totally. So it's on sh- uh, short rest. That's a mini bye week right after that as well. So they have a mini bye week after the Cardinals because they uh, play on the Thursday night. And then they have their bye week after the Rams. So it may not be as bad as we're making it out to be. Plus, after the Chiefs game, the remaining schedule is five home games and three away games, only one of them indoors. And that's the last game of the season versus the Lions. Schedule kind of favors Green Bay after the Cardinals. I think, but Cardinals, Chiefs, Seahawks, Vikings, Rams, those are tough teams. So I don't want to uh, take away from that, but the schedule does favor them a little bit. In the Rams, we have six weeks out. So hopefully by then we'll have Jair back if he's coming back. I think that's a, uh, that would be about seven or eight weeks since his injury. So I'm hoping, hoping we can get him back for that, get into the bye. Maybe they will just sit him out through the bye. Who knows? And then the Bears, the Ravens, and the Browns right after the bye. And really, honestly, the only game that, that really makes me nervous is the Ravens because we'll get a dose of a Lamar-esque player in Kyler Murray in a, in a couple, a week and a half. Well, guess what kind of note we'll have to look out for for that game. But, man, all we can do is hope that we get through that bye and we can get some of our key players back to make the final stretch run for the last five games of the year after the bind. Fingers crossed we're, we're not losing a bunch of these games. But I think the team's ready. And I, I might have said this to guys before, but key is we need to run the damn ball and we need to control the clock. And if we can do that, I think we can beat any of these teams as long as we're controlling the clock. My yeah. only concern, though, is um, is our secondary, really. With King being hurt, Savage being hurt, Alexander being hurt, we were, we were talking about Dunbar stepping in, but Dunbar got cut today. Yodum is, I don't even know I know how to pronounce his name. He should be sitting on the sideline. He did not look good this last week. Douglas looked okay. Black looked okay. With Preston Smith being hurt, don't know how long he's going to be out. Z, we don't know how long he's going to be out. We have four stringers starting. So if with no pass rush, it's going to put a strain on our secondary. Yep, and to follow up on that, Brett, quickly, uh, Arizona, you look at their weapons, A.J. Green, D-Hop, Zach Ertz. Those guys, could, those guys could definitely hurt us. And you look at the Rams game, Cooper Cup, 
Robert Woods, Van Jefferson. Those, those, you know, they could really exploit that secondary to, to follow up on you there, Brett. That's you're right. That is a big concern. Yeah, those teams won't be the Bears that can't throw the ball. Exactly. No, they'll, they'll at least they're gonna attack. You know, they're so, in receivers the, for sure. The positive though is they say Jair is is healing. They cut they cut Quentin Donbar today, so that lets me know that King is on the mend. Um, they did say he was more day to day than week to week, so that's good. MVS is obviously he can start practicing this week. Box practicing this week. Daphne's coming back. And honestly, I mean, Stokes is still holding his own. Is still holding his own. But I liked what I saw from Rasul Douglas and Henry Black. I thought both of those guys, Douglas especially, I loved how big and physical he was out there. He he has a very uh, a healthy Kevin King game. When you kind of look at how he plays, he's very physical. He he actually was second on the team in tackles. He had five tackles in that game and and stepped in for being on on our squad for a week he stepped in and played really well he wasn't getting burned he was holding it down so shout out to rasul douglas and henry black brett dude looks like a starter to me out there when he Mm -hmm. plays i mean he 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 was putting his nose in there yeah he he there's not a huge drop off when you put him on the field you notice that they kind of they can kind of still run their defense isaac yadam is terrible i think i don't think you see him out there unless it's an emergency situation again i think he's just going to be a special teams guy because he he i agree with you brett he just looked really bad i yeah we need jair back we definitely need kevin king back and hopefully we get kevin back this week you know there is a little bit of a drop off though uh from Henry Black from Savage. He runs a four five four forty. So you're losing a lot. Of oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't cover the ground. Obviously, you saw the interception. Savage basically like ran to one side of the field and all the way back to the back of the mm-hmm. end zone to pick that ball off. So yeah, Henry not, Black ain't getting there. He's not doing that. No, no. not at all. <laughs> but I'm, I'm saying in terms of playing safety, he yeah. knows oh, how yeah. to play. He knows how to play the position. He's gonna do his job. And he, like you said, he lays the wood. So I like that. I like that he's going to come in and be physical. So I like Henry Black. So I, I'm, we're lucky that we have him coming in after the and two I, guys. I think the one thing have. you guys are underestimating potentially a little bit about Black versus Savage. I agree, Savage is a better player. There's, there's no question he's more talented. He, he, he can do more things. But the thing about Black is, is that he's just coming in and he's learning on the fly. It tells you about his instincts and his ability to read the game. He's a very intelligent player. And I think that's one of the things I really like about him is that he doesn't, he's not over, he's aggressive, but he's not overly aggressive. He has a very good feel for the game, much more instinctual than I thought he would be for his first game in there. And I, I thought I was very impressed with Black. So while I agree that Black is not as good as Savage, they kind of play a similar game, except that Black plays a little less, plays a little slower, but also I think he plays a little more disciplined. You know, the, the one thing that scares me a little bit, we've talked about how some of these quarterbacks aren't Justin Fields. Justin Fields still passed for 174 yards against us, which is his second highest of the season. And that interception, I believe that he thought there was offsides, and that's why he went for the home run. So when we start facing some of these quarterbacks that are better arms, more accurate, if we have we, we don't have a pass rush, our secondary is going to get torched. Yeah, we got we got to definitely step up in the pass rush game. And Kenny Clark, man, he did it. He had a Ooh. he had a statement. He had a statement game. I also, got to give Rashawn Gary some props 
after last week, he was extremely disruptive in that game. Even though he didn't light up the box score, um, he's really, really good against the run. One of the few guys on that defense that actually is really good against the run. His pressures were insane. I think he had five more pressures. He had a quarterback hit. I want to say number two or so in the whole NFL in pressure in pressures. So, I mean, obviously the sacks aren't coming in bunches for him, but I, it might be a matter of time. Let's just say that. I mean, he's he's doing the right things. Zach, you've mentioned him progressing on certain areas of his game week to week. And last week, I was actually, I was glued to him a little bit, especially with when P went down and I'm looking at all these no-name guys coming in, playing, playing the edge. And I'm like, okay, who are these guys? It really had me watching Gary, and he was extremely disruptive. Kenny Clark, guys, two sacks uh, coming after Justin Fields the way he did. I noticed he wasn't always on the nose either. They were moving him out and, and letting him do some of the end stuff, the three techniques. I was really excited to watch that. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on Kenny Clark's game? I was excited to see somebody other than Devondre Campbell step up and do some things that make your eyes pop a little bit. And if you think about the two sacks that Kenny Clark had, they were in really big spots in the game. Both of those sacks um, knocked fields back so far that they, they couldn't even get a field goal out of it. They needed two scores. And by knocking them out of field goal range, giving them a fourth and 26, that really changed the game and pretty much ended it, in my opinion. So without those two sacks in that spot, knocking them back, I think it was like 22 yards or 20 something yards an unreal amount of yardage i mean that's a huge spot it's not just a garbage sack in the first quarter it's in crunch time when the defense needed a play so we need some more timely sacks like that and contributions from other guys as well but kenny and beast mode was nice to see yeah kenny did that uh two sacks in that one drive he had two of them in that last in that drive to knock them out you know one person that you both all are going to probably shoot me over this one is uh, Dean Lowry actually has been pretty decent over the last couple games. Oh, yes. Oh, he has. And and I ain't going to lie. Last night we were talking about Dean Lowry and and how awesome he's been playing, and I almost threw up in my mouth, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not the one who brought it up. I'm not the the reason. no, he's been playing lights out, <laughs> honestly. I, it's, it's been more than just okay. He's actually changing the game. Just beast mode, like straight beast mode type stuff, where he's just like overpowering guys, snatching up the quarterback, and like just, I'm like, who is this dude? The like, thing who about is it, this guy? The thing about it is, I believe that Clark's resurgence has a lot to do with Lowry's play. It does. You're right, Brett. Because it's taking attention away from Clark now, whereas mm. when it's one-on-one with Lowry, Lowry, he's just going to get lit up. You can double-team Clark and not have to worry about it. But now you have two guys on the line that are playing like studs. Granted, the Bears line is bullshit, so I'm going to put a little bit of uh, not a lot of stock in that because of that. If Lowry can continue doing that, man, Clark's going to have an all-pro year. Yeah, he's balling out. He really is. I mean, we. I think we could all probably agree this is the best we've seen Dean uh, Lowry play. Without question. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I can't remember. Like, I'm just – there was a point where I'm just mad. Like, why is why are you even on the roster? It was a point where I was at that level, and now dude's just tearing it up. It feels weird. I feel ucky. I'm going to go take a fucking shower because that just feels weird saying that about <laughs> Dean Lowry. But, uh, yeah, he is, he is balling out of control, so we'll take it. 
Guys, I will say this. It was nice to see Jalen Smith get some snaps, okay? But is he even good? Because I was watching him, and he just looks lost. The only time he didn't look lost was on the blitz. So I'm like, okay, he outsnapped Chris Barnes. Who was, he hasn't been very good this year either. But how should Barry deploy Smith in his defense? Because he was terrible against the run. He just looked lost. He had no instincts. He was just kind of like moving around, like not attacking anything. It just seemed like he didn't even, he didn't know what he was looking at. So I'm like, what are your keys? See your keys, read it, react, read, react, go do something, go hit somebody. And he just looked lost that he was just moving around and not doing anything. What are your thoughts on, on Jalen Smith and, and how we should deploy him in the defense? I like the blitz, so I'm thinking maybe he could be in that more on the passing downs and, and use his ability to rush the passer. I do not trust him on the early downs, though, gentlemen. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Dex, but I think it's a little too early to make judgments on that yet. He's he's still learning the scheme. So I, I think I think I do have concerns uh, on the run defense. With, with him, especially him in there, because you are right. He was really poor on run defense. But I think your long-term answer that you you said there is that he seems like he's going to be a perfect guy to put on passing downs just because of his ability to rush to passer and his athleticism that he brings that he might also contribute in coverage. I, I think it's a little too early to say he's bad against the run yet. He had a bad game against the run against Chicago, no question. Let's, let's kind of see what he does this week and see if he gets any better or not. If he doesn't, then I'm afraid you're correct. Uh, I think he might just be a someone we put on pass situations and, uh, you know, obvious passing downs and rush to passer. I'm not going to pass judgment on him yet just because I think he only had eight snaps on Sunday. I mean, he just he got 17. 17? Uh, yeah, 17, yeah. Either way, I mean, that's not a lot of snaps in your first game and getting signed just over a week in the middle of a season. I would say I'm going to give him to at least the Cardinals game and maybe even the game after to see. I mean, obviously every game you want to see him get better, but we'll see how many snaps he has this week. I'll be interested interested to see, but I will say one thing. There's plenty of snaps for him to have because Chris Barnes looks absolutely terrible lately in all facets of the game. I mean, even the one thing he used to do well is tackle, and I feel like he's getting burned a lot on even just tackles that he used to make and he can't guard me out of the backfield, so I'm willing to see anybody else out there at this point. Yeah, Barnes has been trash. He gave up two touchdowns in that game. The one that got called back uh, for the run and then the the pass, he just looked lost. On the run, he over-pursued and got lit up by a lineman. Touchdown. Uh, Barnes is garbage. So I'm, I'm holding my opinion. Give, give me a couple more weeks with Smith and see what happens. Uh, I agree with... Robert, that he's got to learn the defense. Once he learns the defense, there's no excuse. I think that they're going to use him in the blitz blitz schemes for now and then gradually put him in there. As long as Campbell's performing the way he is, we don't have to rush Smith. Yeah, the, the only thing about linebacker, and, and I, will, I will say this, I played the position, some things you don't need to learn from a scheme, and that's how to key, to read, and diagnose plays. That's stuff that is supposed to be in you as a linebacker, right? That's stuff that you're supposed to be able to just do because you play the position. Learning the defense, obviously, with blitzes and terminologies and all that, but being able to read your keys, being able to react 
and go diagnose a play and attack it, that's something that you do not need to be taught. And you should not be. And, and if you're bad at it, oh, good luck in the NFL. And th- those are the things that concern me when I watch him on early downs is he just doesn't know what he's reading. <laughs> I mean, it, unless they can like really ramp that up, it's just like he doesn't have the instincts against the run. And that was one of his biggest knocks in his pro career, even every year when he was with Dallas, was that he just didn't like uber crazy athlete, but doesn't really know what he's doing at the linebacker position. So how do you bottle that up? How do you use that? How do you put him in a position where he is blitzing the quarterback and doing some different things? They're going to have to get creative with him if they want to use him, but I think he's going to be a liability on the early downs. I will pray that our linebacker guru of a defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, may be able to help him out. I didn't like what I saw, guys. I'll just say that. One thing I did like, I love that red zone play to Alan Lazard. (laughs) That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Just to see some creativity on display in the red area. Ultimately, I think think Coach LaFleur just needs to trust his guys. Open up that playbook, Coach. Open it up. Let 12 cook, like they would say, <laughs> let Russ cook. No, let let tw- let 12 cook and trust these guys. Open up the playbook. I don't know if he's saving a lot of stuff. He's not trying to put some stuff on, on tape or what it might be. Like, maybe he's holding stuff back for the gauntlet, Brett. He very well could be holding stuff back for the gauntlet. You don't want to show all your cards in one uh, one game. I agree that play to Lazard, it was it was gorgeous. Um, they, they set it up earlier in the game. On the same plate, uh, now they just stuck Lazard underneath. It was gorgeous. I actually saw that play used in another game later that day. I forgot what uh, game it was. The same exact play was used for a touchdown. I think that's just a way, too, of rewarding Lazard. I, I honestly would say that I think he's one of the top blocking wide receivers in football. And that's why he gets so many snaps, because that's such a huge part of our games. Our wide receivers have to be able to block. And so to see him get rewarded with touchdown in that uh, is great feeling and shows to the other receivers that, hey, do the gritty stuff and we'll get you in the end zone. Zach, that's a hell of a point because Coach LaFleur even mentioned that. He also mentioned how he's playing a ton of special teams now and actually being a gunner and getting tackles. He's playing special teams because he went up to Mo and said, put me in. Yeah, that's like, I'm not going to see that shit anymore. Put me in. He's like, y'all, he was basically just just drooling over, just glowing about what he brings to the football team. He's like, he does so much for us. He's like, he does all the dirty work, doesn't complain about it. He's like, so when I see a guy like Allen getting an end zone, he's like, of course I'm happy for him. He's like, he looked like he was pretty happy too how high he threw that ball in the air. <laughs> so I, I love seeing that stuff. I mean, he's he's the type of player I root for. You know, he, he shows up. Zach, he's a football player. He's a football player, as you would say. Like Alan Lazard shows up, had a had a pretty good year, you know. Since he's had a good career for Green Bay in, in his role since he if, showed up. If you think about it, what does he what has he done since his very first year that he's been here since his rookie season? What has he done that very few wide receivers embrace doing? Blocking. Blocking. That's right. That's yeah. right. He's, he's willing to sacrifice best. his body. He's, he's one of the best at body. it, too. Yep. He's a big boy, too. Don't forget that. He, he's not he's afraid. physical, man. They were showing yep. him hitting Cleo Mack, hitting some of these edge guys and chipping. They've been using him to help out in the, you know, like they've been using Tunyon. A lot of people are like, what happened to Robert Tunyon? He's in chipping. They're making him block a lot. So maybe when Bach gets back, 
and they get that line, how they want that line, we'll start to see them start to utilize the tight end more in this offense too. So I think that could have something to do with why we've seen so much run is they're, they're catering to this young line. Most linemen, what do they prefer? They prefer run blocking. All day. Oh, yes. If you're if you're dealing with a bunch of young guys and you're dealing with injuries and, and you don't know what to do, what should you probably put an emphasis on? Running the football. And they've been doing that. We've been seeing that, Robert, you called it out. They they yep. have morphed into more of a running team and this low volume passing offense. But I have a feeling out of necessity. Obviously, we want to see them running the football against teams like Arizona, against teams like the Chiefs, because you don't want to get into these shootouts back and forth. You're also going to have there's going to be times in those games where you're going to have to air it out, where you're going to have to be able to push the ball quick, running it all the time. It's not going to work. They need to be able to do both of them. Maybe it's a good thing that with the injuries and, and everything that they've been doing, they've been dealing with to start this year. Maybe it's a good thing they've been able to establish the run because now you have that. That's your foundation. Everything for this offense is built off the run anyway. So now, maybe now as we get into this stuff, they have to open up this playbook because they have to, because they're playing high-powered offenses that are going to put up some more points. I'm hoping that this is just this run game, guys, is just something we can build off of because both Jones and Dylan looked really good against the top five Bears defense, didn't they? Well, one thing I think we forget about our offensive line last year, and, I, and like we said, we've given we've given the team credit with the depth and offensive line, but last year Packers offensive line was the number one ranked pass blocking offensive line in football. So that could have something to do with Rodgers numbers declining a little this year uh, because his numbers under pressure this year are not good at all and well below his career average. So as we said, as we get Bach back and get Jenkins back in his natural position, probably move running over to right guard. Billy Turner in Rodgers own words is having a pro bowl caliber year. He said that today, gentlemen. So I think if we can get our true offensive line back and continue to improve the rush game, which has looked very good this year, it's going to open up that pass huge. It's going to be big for us going down the stretch. Yeah, it is. And the, the and that's that's where the play-action pass is going to be our ultimate weapon, I think, at the end of the year. I think that's where we're going to really make a lot of hay, especially when we get into the, the, the colder months and into the playoffs. If we got home field and we can start relying on our running game, that play-action pass is going to be even more deadly. Um, so I'm actually, that, that's actually a really good point is, is that we if we – Continue to with this running game. The play action pass is going to be more effective, and the nice benefit of it, it's harder to rush Rodgers. And if you're tired of rush Rodgers, he's going to be on the field more. Less hits, the better. And the thing that I'm looking forward to is seeing Lafleur incorporate Jones and Dylan in the backfield together. Yep. With Dylan reemergence in the offense, his, we talked about it earlier in the season how his vision was garbage. It's like, is he really the number two running back? Is he really better than Williams? He stepped up since. Um, I love watching him in the pass game. He's, he's got such soft hands. We've talked about it before. And now with both him and Jones being able to run and catch out of the backfield, getting them both on the field at the same time, especially when Daphne comes back, because that's going to look like you're running all day and they're still going to be able to pass out of that. It's going to be fun to watch, and that's just going to open up the offense that much more. 
And he has run that a few times, Brett, but he hasn't done anything really creative with it. So I agree with you. Once we get Daphne back, we can run some bigger packages and get really creative with both those guys out of the backfield. Could be a run, could be a pass for each back goes to separate flats. And then Daphne goes over the middle and it opens up the offense to be able to do things off of that. So that's a very valid point. Hey, guys, can can any of you remind me why Josiah DeGuara was a third round pick again? Joel who? His hustle. Yeah. Oh, my His God. Hustle. <laughs> there was one play they saw on film where he ran down a dude and tackled him on special teams or off of a turnover or something. I forgot what it was. Oh, my God. You're a hustler. You hustled. I'm going to waste a third-round pick on you. Oh, my God. It's just like, come on, man. Didn't they waste a third-round pick on Sternberger, too? Yeah. Yep. Nice, nice track record there, Goot. Nice track record. <laughs> yeah. There's some, like pitch. I said, there's some, there's some positions, and it's mainly offense for this guy, where he stinks. He stinks. But yeah, maybe he needs to turn over the scouting or the his board for the offensive players, and actually put some offensive players on his board. Maybe Deguara in round three. Come on. I mean, we we do a better job scouting players. Uh, Chase Claypool, we talked about him all last Jeez. year. Yeah, like it's just ridiculous. The, How the about fact Logan that Wilson, guys, he's looking pretty good. Logan, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, there's a lot of guys that I'm looking at. I mean, passing on T. Higgins. Imagine T. Higgins yep. opposite yep. of freaking Tay. Devante. You know, <laughs> like, come on. Like, love, just, love was such a better pick than Higgins. Michael Pittman, too, guys. Pittman, yeah, another one. A He's a wide receiver one, too. We, I loved Pittman coming out, too. He was, like, literally the perfect Packer wide receiver. So this is going to be a, a homer uh, take here, but Taylor was there. Taylor. The round two. He's yeah. balling the fuck out right now. Yeah, he is. Didn't he end up going in the second round? He did go he did. in the second round. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And think, think about that. And this is no knock on Jones at all because I love Jones. But the thing is, is if we drafted Taylor instead of Dylan or Love because he went uh, in the second round before we picked in the second round, we could have Taylor right now balling out and have the money that we paid Jones to <coughs> fill out the roster somewhere else. Yeah, could have extended Tay. Or, you know, could have did a lot of things. I don't know. Well, we're not going to dive into the draft stuff because we'll nerd out on that and it'll be a two-hour episode. We like two-hour <laughs> episodes. No, we don't. Dexter especially likes editing two-hour episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we've we've gotten this down to a science, man. We're pretty much in that hour range, a little over now. So I like it. I like it a lot. A lot, lot, lot. So we got the what the fuck team coming to, to Lambeau Brett in week seven. What do you, what are some matchups you're watching uh, against the Washington football team? Their defensive front versus our offensive front. Mm-hmm. Jenkins struggled a little bit against the Bears. First game and back. Yeah, it is, first yep. game back. Chase is no joke. God, no. No. <laughs> Might be the best I mean, in the league. I'm not, I'm not trying to say Khalil Mack is a, is, a, is a bitch, but compared to Chase, he's a bitch. And I'm not really excited about that. So, man, that that's what scares me the most. Their quarterback doesn't really scare me that much. They're running back, whatever. It's just that. Defensive line versus our offensive line. Our offensive Their line, is, defensive line is stacked. 
Yeah, they got Sweat. They got Sweat and, and Chase Young. They got Allen yeah. in the middle. Their D-line is legit. I will say this. We played some pretty good D-lines already, though. So I think our offensive line won't be shocked. You know, going against San Francisco and that front, they were healthy. You know, going against guys like Bosa, going against Mack and, you know, obviously Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks in the middle, Goldman. That line is legit. You know, so they they faced the top five defense just now. But I agree. Chase Young is a problem. So I, what I think is going to happen is we're going to have a lot of misdirection, some draws, quick hitters in the past game just to get that offense, defensive line to back up a little bit. But it's, yeah, you it's, can't have them just peeling their head, you know, peeling oh, their ears back and, and just firing off like that. I, the one thing that I, I'm going to take solace in, though, we haven't talked about Lucas Patrick was the highest graded offensive oh, line for yeah. the Packers. He's a beast, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was the highest graded offensive line last he week. He is a beast. You bring back uh, Bach, hopefully, this week. I'm, I'm shadow dreaming here right now about him coming back. But moving – he comes back, Jenkins back to left guard. You move running over to right guard. Our offensive line is pretty much set. So I think Bach is going to be out at least a couple more weeks is what, I'm, what I've been yeah. reading. Why he's getting his sea legs back? Yeah, they're just, they just they just want yeah. him practicing. They, yeah, he needs they to just, practice. He needs yeah. to get in football shape. He needs to get the confidence back in his drops and, and his flexibility. Know, yeah, That's really everything where he's not his thinking lungs. about it. Yeah, it's all. He's probably a couple right weeks off. But it's still, it's. That's the one thing I'm taking solace in. Our off- offensive line has performed rather well, considering they haven't had the same offensive line yet from one game to the next. Which is usually disaster. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's why I agree with Zach. Our offensive line uh, coach is going to have a head coaching job soon. Yeah, nope. Coach Sinovich is is definitely on the rise. You've even heard Aaron talk about him and and actually mention that that he's going to have something coming his way higher than offensive line coach and run game coordinator. He's definitely going to be getting the attention. Of, he's probably already got it of a lot of people in the league. They had to give him a raise and a promotion after last season because of how good the, the team played. Him and there's uh, a job open in Vegas. Who's the other one? Is Coach Buckus is the yep. other one on the O-line. So he's getting a lot of the props too. Those two guys got our, got our linemen balling out. I will say this, Antonio Gibson is having an MR eye on his shin he has a fracture so i don't know if he's gonna play it could be the j what jd mckissick game and he's the he's the back out of the backfield the passing threat guy campbell could be pretty busy uh with him out of the backfield terry scary terry is always a a nightmare matchup for anybody especially when you're down your top cornerbacks terry mclaurin would be somebody that i'd be worried about and ricky seals jones which sounds weird but they're tight in yeah, he stepped in when Logan Thomas went down. He stepped in, and he's playing some really good football for them right now. So those are some things that I'm watching. I think we can. I think we should be able to air it out and and really put up some points on this team, though. I think I think the, the other matchup that I want to get a little more focused on the the D line for Washington. It's that matchup of two real stalwarts because, uh, like you guys talked about, Patrick's played really well, but he's going against what might be the best interior lineman. And Jonathan Allen, and he, Jonathan Allen is a load. That guy is, it's going to be, a, I think that's going to be one of the very big key matchups in this game is Allen versus uh, Patrick. That's one I'm, I'm going to be following very closely. And then the second one is a guy we all talked about in our draft special, not to go back to the draft, but 
Jamon Davis is going to be an important mm-hmm. part for, for that game. Mm-hmm. He's played pretty well. Mm-hmm. He, and, you know, when you play, when you have a linebacker with his kind of sideline speed that, and you have that kind of D line in front of you, he's a tackle guy. So how we, how we, how he pursues against our running backs is going to be very interesting to see, um, what, what he can do. And I think something we can exploit, especially in a passing game, Dex. You mentioned that, you know, passing some of those quick passes and maybe pass the backs. We're going to find out if Jamma Davis can cover in this oh, game. Oh, yeah. Aaron Jones, <clears throat> I, I know with A.J. Dillon getting more involved in the run game, you've been noticing Aaron Jones getting more looks in the passing game, which yep. is kind of cool. They're finding some balance with those guys. I also love that Aaron Jones has fresh legs in the fourth quarter. Yep. You can just see on some of those runs, he just explodes and you're like, oh, he hasn't been getting beat up all game. <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of nice to see that. Uh, good call on that, Robert. All right, guys. Any final thoughts on the matchup with the Washington football team? Before we wrap this one up, I really hope they don't change their team because I like what the fuck team. It's a great Nate team name. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny when you look at WFT. I definitely think of what the fuck every time. My my non-diagnosed dyslexia kicks in. So what the fuck team? It's great. Perfect. <laughs> Self-diagnosed. You know? Those emails come out. Everyone be like, what the fuck team? I can't wait. Yeah. So <laughs> I want all the emails. Drop them all. Drop them all. Goodell talking about. Yeah, we G- haven't. Goodell found, doesn't want to. We no, Goodell was any, on that shit. We haven't found any other inappropriate emails in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> fucking right. How many owners do you think we're in those emails, guys? Jesus, come on! Like they really think we're stupid. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. is just so crazy. You didn't find anything. Uh, John Gruden is just the only dude, huh? And he's just, just offering up all these inappropriate emails to somebody on the other side that wasn't offering it back. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, ESPN's not reporting break. on it either because their boy Adam Schefter is asking mm-hmm. if his stories are good enough for the owner about the, that the story's on. I mean, come right? on, dude. Like, you're oh, getting the people fuck out of here. You're trying to get approval for a story as a journalist? From the person you're writing on? Like, what yeah. kind of shit is that? He should have got approval from Rogers before he leaked that bullshit <laughs> of Rogers not wanting to play anymore. Fuck and you, Chef. Did y'all, did y'all see that they're, they're thinking that it was Daniel Snyder that leaked it all? Yeah, that's really. Right. Yeah, yeah. I oh, I, I can see that. that. If he Daniel was basically Snyder trying to it. get get people off his back by like throwing the fucking dirt on somebody else, like that is fucking scandalous, dude. You know, I bet Gruden probably had something with him because his brother was the head coach under Snyder. Yep. Yeah. He goes, ah, oh, yep. so I'm gonna go after like the most loved coach and respected coach, and all of a sudden, ooh, this dude's a piece of shit. You know, there's there's more than that. I mean, everybody talks shit. Everybody talks shit. Man, and then to go Brad, after you know how know? locker room is, bro. Like, oh, I know, on, man, I know, <laughs> I know. I love I mean, the locker room. They want, like, us to think, they want us to really think in, in, in the in the NFL that John Gruden's the only one sending those crazy emails. Yeah, no, fucking not at all. right. right? And, and I'm not I'm not excusing anything that Gruden said. No, but given given the time in which it was said, like that wasn't really a rebuke. No, it wasn't. And, and I think the other point too is, is that Gruden's just also an easy target. Absolutely. Now, if it was if it was more today's culture where it's it's not acceptable, and it's I'm not saying there's a problem with it not being acceptable because I agree with it. There's there should be a line like we shouldn't be hating the way we do. It was accepted, but now you want to go after the one guy that said something 
well, she said said it more as the emails came out. 2018 was like the last one or something like that before he became a head coach. Yeah, but it was a pattern of 10 years that yeah, he was doing right. it. And, so, and it went all the way up to 2018. But like I said, they went after a respected guy in the NFL. I loved Gruden. I loved, I'm like, bring him to Green Bay. I want him to get out of the booth and come to Green Bay because he's a great coach. Man, Snyder's fucked. Yeah, yeah that shit is crazy, man. La 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 la. <laughs> I just wonder how many other owners are involved in that email chain. That's the big thing. So, so I just wonder if all the rich guys got off. And I'm not saying John. Oh, Green that's exactly rich, what happened. That's yeah, exactly just, what happened. It showed the layers yep, of yep. all right. Once you get to, we can go to head coach, but you ain't touching boss man. That's basically what the fuck happened. You know I'm going mean? go, to go on record, and there's one owner that did not send an email and that's the Packers owner did not send an email. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All they need to do is go to Packers Twitter and see all the, uh, see all the fucking with the Packers oh, owners boy. thing. Oh, good Lord. Good Lord. They might shut us down fellas. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I apologize for the can of worms that just opened for Dexter. Yeah. The, literally <laughs> the, the whole, the whole, the whole freaking fan base is canceled. <laughs> oh man i'm so excited guys we're five and one we got the what the fuck team coming to lambo this week we have a chance to go six and one before we enter one hell of a stretch in our schedule so if we can go six and one and and come up we got to play arizona though the following thursday brett you mentioned that it could be a good thing if we can come out of the matchup with washington healthy go in to play arizona hopefully come out of that one healthy get that mini buy and then maybe we can start to hit a stretch of, of getting some guys back healing up a little bit um and making it do what it do let me get that go pack go go